Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. It does not make sense to say, we need an impact bat, we need a shortstop. Okay, that's one player. Well, yeah, if you're, look, if you're willing to give Carlos Correa $300 million, yes, yes, absolutely. The best thing for the Cardinals to do is say, we're going to do one of those two things in free agency. We don't actually care which one it is. We get the impact bat, we get the impact shortstop, meaning somebody who's, who's providing more on defense but maybe less at the plate. The other gap, the other hole in our, our lineup, we're going to solve some other way, via trade, via internal solutions. And see what the market gives you. All right. That is uh, Keith Law. And he was talking about, obviously, what the Cardinals may do at shortstop, which leads us right into the text line. That's BK. I'm Danny Mac. Uh, The text line says, uh, just saw a post about Mo talking up DeYoung. Do you think they actually upgraded short or smokescreen? Then we have from the 573. What would Paul DeYoung's uh, numbers look like if he played at Coors Field? Another one comes in. I love Javi Baez. Did they know we were going to talk about this at the top of the show? What's going on here? Well, it got people very fired up last night when Derek Gould posted over on the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and Katie Wu also over at The Athletic. Some quotes from John Mosellock basically indicating, hey, we uh, we see all that talent out there, but eh, we're not so sure. We've got some internal options as well. Can I start out with this? What do you expect John Mosellock to say? He is playing the leverage game, which is what he always does. He he doesn't want to be seen as we have to have one of those shortstops. Because if you do that, well, then the agent's going to see these comments and they're going to say, well, you clearly need my guy up the offer and continue doing so. Mo doesn't like playing that game. He's, he's going very, to pl- very patient. He's very patient, and he is very good at finding where the leverage spots are and utilizing them. So are they in on the shortstop market? I still believe yes. Uh, the comments don't indicate that they are, but I think this is more about leverage than anything else. Last offseason, they told us, hey, be, be patient and don't expect a whole lot, and then they traded for Nolan Arenado. It could very well be something similar here. Well, let me give you some things i'm going to throw out at you by the way uh, matt carpenter will be our guest coming up uh at about 10 15 or so so we're about 10 minutes away from that the cardinals shortstops were number one this may surprise some people but they were number one in defensive run saved in the national league third overall now uh the question that you have is that can paul DeYoung get back to where he was a few years ago the same thing we were asking this time last year he said to make uh, 15 million guaranteed over the next two years his last two seasons though it's been a 295 on base percentage 378 slugging percentage not going to cut it but when you combine combine him with sosa maybe that is something that you can live with now if you're a fan of amundo sosa playing every day have you seen enough of Edmundo Sosa to say, okay, I'm willing to go with this guy uh, ahead of DeYoung or some combination of the two? Sosa had 335 uh, at-bats last year. I'm sorry, three, 300, I was just looking this up, 335 fewer innings at short uh, than Paul DeYoung, but saved two more runs. So you got a pretty good defensive player there. 
The problem is he had a total of 326 plate appearances. So have you seen enough to commit to him and to Young? Because I think it's a combination of both to say that these, and if one takes off and has a great week, he's back in there. Is that enough for you to say, um, yeah, I can do that? Or I'm going to throw something else out at you. There's a guy named Nolan Gorman coming. And I don't know if he would break camp with the Cardinals. I mean, there's multiple scenarios in which he could. He could could be your DH if you have the DH in the National League, and I think we all expect that to be uh, something that happens with him and make him an interchangeable part. If someone needs a break at second, you could put him there. If someone needs a break at short, you can put him at second and then move Tommy Edmond over to short or Sosa to young plays. He can play third base and play it at a very high level. Um, So maybe you just stay put and then adjust when Nolan Gorman arrives. So those are, to me, that's what they're looking at internally right now as they evaluate what could happen at the shortstop position. Yeah, it it puts a lot of pressure on Mo if they go that route. And what I mean by that is Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes better be ready, and they better be good if they're going to go the path of we're just going to promote from within because Cardinals fans are not going to be happy with that route. And if they start winning and those guys are hitting, it doesn't matter. And you're going to be proven right and everything's going to be just fine next year because then you're, there's your lefty bat that we've been talking so much about in Nolan Gorman. And Juan Yepes has had so far in his career basically no splits. He's been very good against both right-handed and a left-handed pitching, so he can be a guy that either plays DH or is a bench bat for you next year, and you're in a pretty good spot and there. And he can play the outfield, play corner infield positions. So, but yeah. if they struggle and you have no real fallback options there, that's when things could go south for this team very quickly. So that's why, Dan, I'm just not totally buying in just yet that they are just out on this market. I, I don't believe it they very well may end up not signing one of these guys. I don't think it's because they had zero interest in signing them. It's possible that if one of them ends up uh, falling through the cracks, whether that be Trevor Story or Javi Baez, I think those are the two most likely candidates to fall through the cracks, and they end up having to sign a one-year pillow deal, that could be here. That It would make sense for one of those guys to potentially do that here. We should probably say, here's what John Mosellock told Derek Gould yesterday in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He said, there's a lot of talent out there. There are also price points. And we're always go- we've are always we always been an organization where if we can do it from within, then we are going to. He was asked about Paul DeYoung. He said, I feel like Paul DeYoung is not getting a fair shake for what he's done. Remember, he did have broken ribs last year. And from a hitter standpoint, that can be very uncomfortable. No now, one- when he says that, let me interrupt. When he says sure. that, there is um, there's some truth to that. Because we don't know how much this truly was affecting Paul DeYoung. And so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in in that regard. However, the full body of work over the last two years has not been to where it needs to be for a guy that's got 15 million committed to him guaranteed over the next two years. What I'm trying to say is sometimes guys get injured and you really do not know. Now they say, yeah, I'm back. I'm healed. But you really do not know how much they are hurting. Um, And there's, you know, the timing issue. You know, he didn't go back on a rehab. I mean, there's a ton of things that he did. And then all of a sudden you get behind the eight ball and it snowballs. So I, I will say that I'd love to give him the benefit of the doubt. Cause I think he's a good player, 
but he's got to get back to the level that he was a couple years ago. So now keep going ahead. Yeah, he's been a below league average hitter offensively now for three years. And, and that's that's the tough part if you're Mo trying to sell this. But he did continue. He said no one is arguing that he did not get untracked this year. But I think it's a bit unfair to not have some optimism about his future based on the past that he has had. You don't have to go far back when he was a middle of the order hitter for us. There's reason for hope in the coming years. And then he was asked, uh, Michael Gersh was asked rather about Edmundo Sosa said he stepped up in a big way last year and he proved he's a legitimate big leaguer at a minimum utility guy, but can be a starter and get legitimate playing time and succeed in quote. Again, that was Michael Gersh on Edmundo Sosa. So those are the quotes that are causing a lot of the stir among Cardinals nation today. I, I just don't want to read too much into him. I, I know that doesn't make for good radio. That's but fair. I, I understand if you're frustrated hearing this as a Cardinals fan. I really do get it because Paul DeYoung, as you mentioned, Dan, it's been a few years now where there have right. been some struggles there offensively, and there are so many options out there available to you. Just screaming, please come sign us. However, do you want to dedicate that now? I could I could play both sides of this. I could say, hey, I, I don't want to be blinded by what I saw in September and 17-game winning streak where the team was hitting. I also saw a good portion of the season where the team was not hitting. So do you need to go get another bat? Maybe, but that bat may be coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be Nolan Gorman breaking camp or a couple of, of months or weeks into the season, and then all of a sudden he's at the major league level and he has success. Could be Jordan Walker before it's all said and done by next. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, this kid is that good, and I, my guess would be he starts at double A, and when you're at double A, you're, you're not that far away. So do you want to go out and dedicate that money towards another bat? Or do you believe in what you have coming through your system and then dedicate that money to pitching? Because, you know, defensively, you are elite. You're one of the best and if not the best in baseball. I think I'm with the latter that I'm, I can you know, live with what I have at shortstop potentially and say, hey, I, I need to invest in pitching because pitching and defense is what got us through September and got us into postseason play to play devil's advocate though the pitching that did that for you was cheap it was guys that sure, and I'm throwing a bunch of stuff uh, against the the wall and seeing what sticks totally with you I, I would go that route as well I just don't know that that takes up all of your money uh, I think that this offseason even after they have signed re-signed Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina and they're bringing back TJ McFarland which I think was a really good signing at two two and a half million dollars they still have about $30 million to spend based on where they were previously with their payrolls. And they say they're going to get back to that. So I, I think you could go out there, sign some relievers, sign one starter. That probably gets you to about $15, 20000000 million of that 30. You could still go out there and get a bat at, with $10 million. It might not be one of these shortstops that we're talking about, but maybe it is a Eddie Rosario or something of that ilk. You don't have to sign a shortstop, but you got to improve the offense in some way. And I think there are ways that they can go about that this offseason. Bench maybe without spending $20 million. I mean, maybe that's what you do. But there's a lot of different options that they do have. So we're going to take a quick time out. And when we come back, we uh, hope to connect with Matt Carpenter, who had just a a great piece. I'm I'm sure you've seen it, BK and others, but on the Players' Tribune, just a video uh, thanking St. Louis, thanking the fans. It was really well done. So we're going to visit with Matt Carpenter coming up. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Number 13, third baseman, Matt Carpenter. 
It's a fly ball into the corner and right. Carries back, 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 and it's gone! It's a home run for Carpenter! Into the basket and a three-run homer for Carpenter. His third home run of the day to go along with a pair of doubles. This has to be one of the greatest individual performances ever by a Cardinal ever. Carpenter one for two with a wall and a long drive to deep right center field and this is a tie game. Matt Carpenter continues to punish the Dodgers. In the air to right center. Back at the wall and is off the base of the wall. The Cardinals are going to take the lead. Carpenter has emptied the bases and with the three-run double, St. Louis jumps. So many great moments provided by Matt Carpenter, who's been kind enough to join us, and that is BK. I'm Danny Mack. Not bad for a guy that was a five-year college player and signed for a 1000 bucks, I believe, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Hey, Matt, Dan McLaughlin here. Uh, thanks for hopping on, man. Really appreciate it and uh, love the, the tribute that you add in the players' tribute uh, to the fans and uh, the city of St. Louis. It was remarkable. Well, hey, Dan, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for having me on the show. hope you guys are doing well. We're doing well. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, you know, just kind of settling into the off season. Um, you know, kind of trying to tie up some loose ends here in St. Louis, um, you know, getting packed up and headed back home to Texas and um, just really enjoying um, our last few moments here in this city and spending some time with family. It's been really good. Well, you said it's your last few moments here in St. Louis. So um, I am curious, though, do you want to play next year or, or do you think this is it for you? I do want to play. I, I certainly um, want to uh, see what happens, um, you know, as far as, you know, what kind of interest there'll be and opportunity. Um, you know, that still remains to be seen, but my heart is still in it. Um, I still want to go out and and play it'll certainly you know be strange to put on a different uniform but um you know i i definitely would love to if the opportunity is there to keep playing matt this has been your home now for a decade what's it like knowing that this is kind of you're, you're getting ready to move back and you're you're like you said tying up your loose ends what is this period like for you right now you know it's 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 strange um it's tough it's it's you know it's bittersweet. Um, it's, you know, there's some challenges that come with it too. Like, you know, we've lived in the same house here for 10 years and now we're, you know, putting it on the market and selling it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of memories, a lot of great memories that we've had in this home, both, both personally from a playing standpoint, you know, I can walk around that house and and think about where I was in certain, you know, big moments. Um, you know, it brings back memories. And then from a family standpoint, you know, like I mentioned in, in the uh, letter in the, to the, to the fans and Cardinal nation is, you know, my, my kids were born here, you know, I've, I've raised a family here and um, it's more than just a, a, you know, a place that I played it. This was home. And, um, you know, it's certainly, certainly hard to leave, but um, you know, I couldn't be more happy for the time that I had here and, and, and just the, the welcoming feeling that, um, you know, this city has embraced our family, and it's just been a pleasure. I'm sure when you pin that to the fans and, and a lot of memories came back to you, both personally and professionally, I'm going to ask you, what, what are your favorite memories in particular, though, being on the field with the St. Louis Cardinals? What comes to mind for Matt Carpenter? Well, you know, there's so many. Um, you know, the, the first one, 
obviously that first weekend um, it, on the field at Bush Stadium in uniform, I talked about it a little bit in the in the letter of just, you know, Albert hitting those two walk-off home runs. I mean, literally, I mean, I, that's not an exaggeration. My first day in the big leagues, he hits a walk-off home run. My second day in the big leagues, he hits a walk-off home run. I mean, it was just incredible um, to be a part of that. Uh, so that just started me right on the right foot. And then in 2012, you know, some of the big moments, I, I, you know, getting to play in the postseason for the first time, coming off the bench um, and hitting that home run off Matt Cain when uh, Beltran was injured um, was pretty special. And then 13, and probably my favorite personal moment, um, you know, the last out in the 2013 NLCS, knowing that we had just won the National League and we're headed to the World Series. Those are all pretty high. Um, you know, the the salsa run in 2018, that <laughs> was a lot of fun, you know, just enjoying the, how much the fans really kind of, I mean, they drove that whole thing. I mean, more than anything, um, you know, I, I, I really, it was such an innocent post of just like, Hey, I had to made this salsa and I'm going to eat it. And then, you know, go out and have a great game. And they really ran with it. And it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, those are some of the ones that stick out. Um, and then, you know, even this year winning 17 in a row, being a part of that, um, I've never seen anything like it. I know you guys probably feel the same way. That's, that's pretty. It's pretty remarkable what what we were able to do. And um, I mean, I've, I've been on high school teams that were pretty good that couldn't win seventeen in a row. Matt, when you look back at your career here in St. Louis, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable what you were able to to accomplish. You've had a, a season in which you hit three hundred uh, for the year. You ha- you broke the single season record for the Cardinals in doubles. You've had a season in which you hit thirty six home runs, like you mentioned back in twenty eighteen. If I had told you back in 2010, 2011 that this was what your career would unfold like here in St. Louis, would you believe me? I'm not sure I would. Um, <laughs> you know, one thing that I've really tried my hardest to do as a player um, was to not, you know, get stuck in the past and not. So saying that, I, I never really looked back on what I was able to accomplish and, you know, the, the seasons that I had and things that we were able to do as a as a team um, until like recently, um, the, really the, like the last few weeks for the first time in, in my whole, really my whole time in, in St. Louis, have I been able to kind of sit back and reflect on some of the things that have happened and both what, what I was able to accomplish personally and what we, what we did as a club in the time that I was here. And man, I just, I can't, I can't even put into words um, how, special it was how much fun it was and how for me just completely unexpected i mean i would have never dreamt of you know being able to play for such a storied franchise for as long as i did let alone have success while doing it i mean it's just it's pretty it's pretty fun and pretty amazing and i'm just real you know honored to have been a part of it I'm going to piggyback on what BK just asked you because you played first base, second base, you played third base, you could play the outfield. Uh, you come up and John Mabry and Big Mac are saying, man, you, you should drive the ball. So instead of going all the the other way all the time, and you and I have spoken about this before, but I, I think it's interesting for the listeners. Um they all of a sudden said, hey, drive the ball. So you did that. Then they said, oh, you could hit home runs. So then you did that. Then you batted leadoff. So you were always very very flexible and played at a high level defensively at different positions, but certainly at the plate. How are you able to do that? And is that something you're most proud of your flexibility as the game was changing that you were able to kind of adapt for what the Cardinals needed? Yeah. I, I mean, I, 
I, I've I've said this, you know, my whole career, and I, I I really do mean it. I mean, it wasn't, you know, just locker room talk or just, you know, trying to make it seem like I wanted to say the right thing. I mean, I, I was raised by a coach. Um, you know, my dad is was my coach, and you know, the thing that was always instilled for me at a, at a really young age was the team um, is always more important than the in, individual, and um, you know, my mentality in professional baseball, really my entire baseball career was to always try to do what was best to help our club win the game. Cause ultimately that's what we're all trying to do. So um, it was never even really like a thought. I mean, I get asked all the time. I mean, you know, you know, you, you, you moved around so much and you just, you did what, what, what the club, you know, what the Cardinals asked of you, did you ever just want to stay in one spot? I mean, I, I never even was like a thought in my mind. I mean, it just was something like, Hey, this is where you guys need me this year. That's where I'm going to play. If this is where you want me to bat, that's where we're going to play. I'm just going to try to do whatever it takes for our team to have the best chance. And, um, you know, I, I'm thankful that I've got those opportunities because, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun to, to contribute in different ways and, and, and try to be flexible so that we could get some other guys on the field. Matt, the game has changed so much. And we're talking to Matt Carpenter, former Cardinals infielder here on 101 ESPN. The game has changed so much since you broke into the big leagues back in 2011. How much did the evolution of the game influence the evolution of you as a hitter? Oh, my gosh. So much. Um, You know, I I think that, you know, the, the really the biggest thing about the way baseball is played now versus like when I first came up and it's not every player, but it's most, I mean, most of the guys that you face in this game has, has gotten, has gone from, you know, the pitcher who is going to outsmart you and he's going to locate and he's going to be crafty and he's going to make you use the whole field. And he's going to do all that to, I'm going to throw it as hard as I can at the top of the zone and you're going to hit it or you're not. Um, That evolution it's really hard to be the kind of hitter that I was when I first came up in that style of game um, when it's just power versus power. And I've noticed, and I watched other hitters go through it. One of the guys who I've always admired from afar, Joey Votto, I had a conversation with him this off season about kind of his resurgence as a hitter. And he basically described exactly what I, what I just said. I mean, the biggest thing he had to make an adjustment was, is he, and the way that the game is being played, the way that he attacked it, he was going to have to make a change or he wasn't going to have success. And the kind of guy he was this year was, I mean, I don't know if anybody listening watched, I mean, outside of what we played him, if you paid attention to his career, I mean, he completely changed everything. He's standing straight up. He's, you know, looking to basically drive the ball out of the ballpark to the pull side. And that was nowhere near the kind of guy that he was when he first came up. I'm not saying I like it, but, that's just kind of the, where the game has evolved into. And you got to make adjustments and you got to find a way to be productive. And I'm kind of going through another resurgence now. If I want to play again and, and continue my career, I've got to find, a, I got to make another adjustment, um, find a way to, to beat the shift somehow and, and, and get, and get back to being a productive hitter. So to answer your question, that was a long winded answer. Yeah. I think the game, the way it's evolved has definitely changed my approach over the years. I was thinking a lot. I was doing that final game at uh, Bush Stadium this year, and unfortunately it was rain-shortened. Um, but I was thinking a lot about you, Matt, and uh, knowing that this probably would be your final game, and you had seen what happened with Matt Holiday, You had seen what had happened with some others, that we kind of knew this was going to be it. 
What was going through your mind in that final day at Bush Stadium before the game, during the game, and ultimately when it was rain shortened, but uh, even after the game? You know, it was it was an emotional day for sure. I mean, just just putting on my uniform um, and getting to the ballpark, all that stuff was 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 uh, was very emotional. It was, you know, I, I mean, I knew that this was probably probably it. Um, I. I, I I was, however, very. I mean, and it was impossible not to be um, very excited about what was in store for us as a club going into the postseason. I mean, nobody was playing better baseball than us. I totally expected to go to LA and win that game. So um, that made it a little easier, uh, just because I didn't think that this was going to be the last time I really was going to be playing at Bush Stadium. I was confident that we were going to be back for another series. But um, you know, it was an emotional day, and um, you know. I wish it would have turned out a little different. I wish, you know, the game wouldn't have been canceled and we could have, you know, maybe celebrated in a different way. But it, nonetheless, it was uh, it was something I'll remember forever. I was able to bring my family down there and, and get to take pictures with them one last time. And, um, you know, just a, just a really good day. Quick follow-up on that, Matt. I've said I, I believe that if you guys had won in the wild card game, I, I strongly believe that the Cardinals would have been playing in the World Series. Do you agree with that assessment? I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. I mean, there was nobody in baseball playing as good as we as we were. Um, there was nobody. I mean, we were so confident. Um, and, you know, anything can happen in a one-game series, as we saw. Uh, you know, it, really what it boils down to is we just weren't able to get the big hit. Um, we had runners all over the bases, and guys were taking good at-bats, but we just couldn't find a way to get that big hit. We played, like, as you, per usual, we pitched really well, and we played good defense. We just didn't have enough for that particular game. But – I would have, I would have bet against. I wouldn't have bet against us in any series versus any team during that stretch. If we could have just got past that first round, I really think we would have, we would have been able to make it. I truly believe, Matt, you are headed to the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Now, the last couple of years obviously didn't go great for you. It was tough, but we just chronicled how great your career was. You're going to wind up being in the top five, top ten of so many of the offensive categories in Cardinals history, um, and I know it's piped in at times in the clubhouse, the Cardinals Hall of Fame ceremony, and players are watching it. I can't imagine it doesn't run through your mind or those that have uh, been here for a long time. Yachty, Wayno, Matt Holiday, yourself. Do you think about it? And if so, um, what would that mean to Matt Carpenter? Well, I mean, you know, I, I try, you know, just my by nature not to try. I try not to put the cart before the horse as, as best I can. I'd be lying to you if I haven't thought about it. But, um you know, I try not to, to think about it too much. Um, that being said, I mean, I don't think there's anybody, I don't think you, I don't, I really can't even put into words what it would mean. And, um, just the honor that that would be, uh, that would be something that would, I mean, I, I can confidently say that if that were to happen, that I would, it would bring me to tears, just the, the excitement and, um, the honor that that would be. And, you know, if it happens, great. Um, but if it doesn't, it, it, it certainly won't affect um, the memories and the love I have for the city of St. Louis and the Cardinal organization. That's for sure. What does it mean to you that this entire time that you were here in St. Louis, you were able to play with Yachty and Wayno from, from day one till today, the whole time you three were together. What does that mean to you? Oh my goodness. Those guys are like brothers to me. Um, We've spent so much time together, both on and off the field, and just the 
just the love and camaraderie that we've had in the clubhouse and, and just to really, I mean, the thing that I was a fan before I became a teammate and that's the thing that's pretty, pretty special. That, that's a testament to two things. One, how good a player they are and how long they've played. Uh, I mean, I was, I was still, you know, at TCU playing college baseball when these guys were in the professional, you know, playing in the big leagues and playing at a high level. Um, so, you know, fan first of, of their game and then teammates and now friends. I mean, it's, it's been a pretty special ride and, and I, I've said it and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I mean, I, and I think that our, our fan base understands how lucky we are to have two guys like that, but I don't think it can be said enough. We are so lucky. Cardinal nation, the city of St. Louis is so lucky to have two really, really good players, but also really great human beings, um, really at the center and face of this franchise. You know, one of the things that I reflect on with your career was the dedication of Matt Carpenter field. And the thing I think about it, um, I think the night before it kind of been a tough night and we're, we're dedicating your field. You'd made a, a large financial donation to make sure that that happened. But the thing I think about was your dad was there. And I used to be able to, to talk to your dad every once in a while on the road. I'd run into him and your dad, obviously a great baseball coach. And uh, and he was in tears, Matt. Um, you were kind of over on the side talking to maybe some of the kids. And uh, I just said, man, what a what a great day for Matt and uh, and your family. You must be so proud. And he said, Dan, you have no idea how proud I am of Matt. He said he's he's not only a good baseball player. He said he's he's just a great kid. And I, I just I don't know if he's ever told you that or you knew that, but he was so emotional with that. And I just thought that was one of the, the really defining moments of your career that not many people saw because they weren't there or, you know, they're watching you on TV between uh, seven and 10 every night. But that was truly an emotional thing uh, to see that and as a father of four. I can only imagine what that's like if I saw my kid do that. So you're to be commended, man. It was just it was really cool to see uh, your wife, your kids and your dad uh, appreciate what you did both on and off the field. Well, I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing that, Dan. Yeah, it was definitely a great day. And, um, you know, he's. To, to his credit, he's always done a great job with me and, you know, being a dad that is very vocal when it comes to, um, you know, let me know that, that I've made him proud and I've always appreciate that. So, but, but yes, thank you for sharing that. And it certainly was a great day for us. I'm I'm really curious. Do you want to coach or do you think like, Oh man, I've had enough of baseball for a while. Just get me away from this stuff. I'm mentally worn out. Or would you want to jump into it like your dad or, and, and if so, would you want to do it at this level, high school, college, what would you like to do? You know what? I, I do have a, a, obviously a passion for baseball. I do love, um, the thought of, of coaching. Um, you know, I haven't really wrapped my head around, uh, what that looks like as far as what level I would obviously, um, love to, to be a part of really this organization, um, in, in, in any realm, I, I, you know, I just haven't really crossed that bridge. The biggest thing that, that, um, will be number one priority whenever my days are really done, um, plan will be, you know, getting, as much family time as I can. I mean, as, as we all know that, you know, and as you know, Dan, I mean, the biggest thing about what, you know, traveling for a living is the time you went, you miss away from home. So no doubt. when I get done, when I get done, I mean, that's going to be number one priority. So it'd be hard. And I, you know, watching, you know, I think that's kind of what ended up happening. I, I think I saw where, you know, Matt holiday and some of these names were being listed for potential coaching positions this year. And, 
And I'm sure that that all played a role in why they maybe didn't take it was just the fact that not ready to sacrifice that family time yet. So maybe one day um, I certainly would, but I'm not sure that's anytime soon. Matt Carpenter is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Carp, you mentioned the coaching staff, and I I had to ask because your career really started down in Palm Beach in, I think, 2009, 2010, and you were on that team with Ollie Marmol. Uh, what was it like for you to be teammates with him back then? And then now more than a decade later, finding out he's going to be the next manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. It's, man, it's pretty remarkable uh, to think. I mean, really, I mean, he in, in totally, you know, from a coach's standpoint, we've had very similar careers, um, you know, just kind of flying through our organization and kind of being unknown and, uh, you know, reaching the big league level is as almost like, you know, okay, how did this happen type scenario? I mean, Ollie's kind of very much has a very similar story um, and just his crazy fast ride through, rise through our organization. And you know, like you mentioned, he, he was one of my first roommates in pro ball. And well, there was an instant bond between us. Um, he's a great human being, a really smart, really, really smart baseball man who I think is going to do a great job at the helm of, you know, uh, at the lead of, um, you know, that dug out that clubhouse and this great franchise. Um, I expect nothing but success for him. Um, he's got the great relationship with the players. He's going to be great with the media. He, you know, he's really easy to talk to. I think he's going to, I think he's going to do a really, really good job. And then you combine that with, you know, having Skip as your bench coach, we all know and love Skip. And, uh, you know, I think there couldn't be a better fit. I think it's going to, I think it's going to go really well. My final question, and then we'll let you go and really appreciate your time, Matt. Um, and you, you were part of Homers for Health. I mentioned the field dedication, three-time All-Star, went to the World Series. You got a World Series ring from 11 when you came up and uh, were part of the team briefly there. I think your first hit was against Kerry Wood, if memory serves correct. Is that correct? You should know this. That is correct. Come on, don't forget <laughs> that stuff, Matt. I think it was a line drive to left, was it not? That's right. Yeah. Dan's just showing off now. I don't know why I remember <laughs> this stuff. But anyway, I can't add two and two. But as I say these things, uh, and the floor is yours, what, what are you most proud of? And and just uh, when you reflect on your time here in St. Louis, because I know our, our text line is just lit up right now with fans saying, thank, you know, make sure and tell Matt we appreciate him. And uh, it was great to have him here in St. Louis. But what are you, what are you most proud of? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I I would say that over the last few weeks, just uh, the responses that I've gotten, um, even before uh, I, I, you know, posted that letter um, as the thank you to Cardinal Nation, just the responses that I got back from, you know, just random messages from people who would say, you know, hey, I just appreciate that time where, you know, I saw you at wherever and you, you know, spoke to my daughter and, you know, we just really appreciate you, you know, having that conversation or, or, you know, the teammates that reached out and, you know, had similar, you know, just thank yous and just say, we just really, you know, thankful or appreciative of moments we had together. I think all of those are way more important to me than anything that ever happened on the, on the field. Um, just the things that, you don't. I don't think you realize, um, I know I didn't realize the impact and, um, I guess the reach that you have in a, in a community until kind of it's almost over. And um, I think that 
that is the thing that I'll hold closest to heart is just some of the relationships that I was able to make here over the last 10, 11 years. And um, the people that have said, you know, that I've had impact on their life where really I feel like they've impacted mine is just as much as, as they say that I have on them. So I, I think that's it. It's so well put. Um, Matt, I'll, I'll, I always tell you privately, but I'll, I'll say it publicly. Uh, you are nothing but a class act, man. And you always had time for me, good, bad, indifferent, always complimentary, always kind, always with class. And uh, you're going to be missed here in St. Louis. Please don't be a stranger. And I can't wait to uh, have that day on stage with you when you get that red jacket, because I do think it's going to happen. Dan, I appreciate it. Thanks again for everything. And um Man, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss all you guys, and I appreciate you having me on the show. And hope you guys have a great holiday, and uh, all the way through Christmas, and then best of luck next season. You got it. We'll catch you very soon. That is uh, Matt Carpenter. Um, I, I tell you, the the um, like I, I just I you know me. I I love the Cardinals, yep. and I, I got some favorites. Okay, I'm not supposed to have favorites. He's one of my favorites. I mean, he when he first came up, uh, and like he said, he was a bench guy. Um, to the point then he's a three-time All-Star and one of the best hitters in the game, he treated me the same. And so when I get the chance to emcee that that Hall of Fame, you do see the raw emotion of these these guys come out and uh, and their family members and what it means to them and to see their reaction. Like Keith Hernandez was a great one this year. He loved the Cardinals, and his brother was influential in his career, and his brother's got tears. Uh, you just see what it means. And I think that that interview, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, but that interview uh, is a great example of, of truly how special this relationship can be between the community, the fan base, and a player. And a player that decides to not only just be a good player, but invest in the community. Because the community will give it back to you yeah. a million times fold. And, and they can see through if it's phony. Yes. They, they can see it quickly, especially here in St. Louis, because they pay such close attention he was an outstanding player on the field, a great guy off of it, and there's a reason why he was here for the vast majority of his career. And if he continues on, maybe he ends up going elsewhere, but I, I almost kind of hope in some ways that this was it for him, in, just in terms of like he was a lifer yeah, here in St. Louis. Not that I'm hoping Cardinals. that his career right, is over, I got but you. just for the poetic the thing. thing of it, like it, it's kind of cool that he spent it all here in St. Louis. And Dan, when you look back at the prime, and it's not, I, I think sometimes we're like, oh yeah, it was that three. No, 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 no. This was an extended prime from 2012 through 2018. His average numbers per season, 275 batting average, a 380 on base percentage. And he posted an average of 40 doubles and 20 home runs per year from 2012 to 2018. That was when the Cardinals were really freaking good for most yeah. of those years. Matt Carpenter is a Cardinals Hall of Famer. I know there are some that will push back on that notion, and that's fine. Everybody can have differences of opinion. That's what makes sports great. For me, there is no doubt about it. He's Agreed. one of the best players of this era of Cardinals baseball, and that is worthy of getting you in. A couple of things, and I think it's the recency bias, and there's no question. His last couple of years were really tough. I mean, it was tough when the shift was being used nonstop against him, and it's a ground ball to second. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, and you're sitting there saying to yourself, go the other way, go the other way, drop down a bunt, whatever, which he would do um, not very frequently. Um, it was frustrating, and you knew he can flat out hit. So you're sitting there saying, man, the shift has really affected his career, which it did. Uh, so there's the recency bias then with that. But if you look at the full body of work and you were just going through those numbers and remember, BK, he was doing this. And I wanted to hit on this, the flexibility that he showed in the lineup of hitting first, hitting cleanup, hitting third, and then also, uh, you know, changing positions, first, second, third, 
that's not an easy thing to do at that level. This isn't a guy that you're trying to develop at double A or single A. This is a major league player trying to do this on the fly. And so that, without having a dip in his offensive numbers, is a credit to him. And uh, again, then I go with the, I'm just telling you, I, I saw a lot of things behind the scenes, and they were very, very good. I mean, the positive things that when a kid would stop him after he had been over his last 25, and you know he's like, man, I just want to get back to my hotel room and, and you know, just get away from this. He stopped all the time, signed graciously, the things that he did in the community, raising millions of dollars for Homers for Health and making sure that that carried on when Matt Holiday. I mean, just a lot of different things. So those guys deserve credit. And again, I understand as a fan, a lot of times you look at the numbers, you say, nope, he, he just that that's where I, I remember him. Well, don't remember some of the good things. And there was a lot of great things on the field, but a lot of great things off the field, too. To your point on the flexibility, he spent at least 20 games in every spot in the batting order. 20 different games in every wow. single spot in the batting order. And in his major league career, he played every position other than pitcher, of course, other than shortstop, center field and catcher. Every other spot, he spent at least some amount of time. It was at least, I want to say it was, yeah, six games in what every spot. What did he spot. get in? He got like four innings uh, pitching this year, too. That's a good point. He yeah, did so. pitch as well, so I <laughs> couple can't even games say that. that. Was, so, I remember the San Diego series maybe once or twice in that one. Catcher, center field, and yeah. shortstop were the only spots that he didn't play in the major leagues. It's 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 unbelievable. Yeah. And he did so with an incredible batting average and a just dramatically ridiculous on-base percentage for the vast majority of his career. Last three years have been rough. No, no doubt about it. There's no, I'm not trying to sugarcoat that, but for the majority of his career, Matt Carpenter was one hell of a player. 314, folks are mad that he never just against the shift, but his body of work screams red jacket. Totally agree. And I, I do too. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. All right, we've got uh, BK and Ferrario coming up three hours. And uh, once again, uh, very much appreciate the time that Matt Carpenter gave us this morning. And if you missed any of that interview, it'll be posted uh, shortly on the 101 ESPN website. The Blues next play Thursday. That'll be against the Predators. Is that a uh, 6 o'clock start? It is six a o'clock pre-game. 7 o'clock start, 6 o'clock pregame six for that pregame. one. 6 pregame, okay. What a win last night, man. Jordan Huge. Bennington was absolutely awesome last night he he's gonna have a chance if he keeps this up he's gonna have a chance to win the Vezina now I'm getting a little ahead of myself no, I, I get fair. it I get it I mean we're in November but he's been that good man he was the difference last night he was fantastic last night for the Blues if they didn't have him in net last night they lose that game like five to one yeah I mean it could have been ugly because he was standing on his head I know it's a cliche but it was true for him last night in that second period they looked lost in the second period and then they found a way to be able to make their way back into it and able to steal a couple of points those were big ones against Winnipeg who's a, a good good team on the road uh I was doing the slew Billikens last night they're back in action tonight against Harris Stowe so we'll have that back for to you back. interesting yeah and then another one on Friday Wow, that's that's kind of rare that you have three and four. It's an aggressive four. early season schedule. Sure is. <laughs> so uh, Mizzou won last night, Illinois won last night, and uh, the Billikens won last night. So we'll be back at it. And again, you can see that game at 7 tonight on Valley How'd Sports Slew look Midwest. Last night? I, I wasn't able to check out SLU or uh, Illinois. I was, I was watching the Mizzou game and the uh, Blues game. Well, I, I think it's going to be a year in which you're trying to figure out initially here, let's say the first 
mm, four weeks, BK, of how do we make up for Javante Perkins, who could have won the player of the year oh, in the A-10? I mean, you know, what's the rotation? How deep can you go? And I, to me, it's a little tougher to look at, and this is no disrespect to Central Arkansas or Harris-Stowe tonight and some of the teams that they'll play in the early season. Now, they do have some good non-conference coming up, but there's some that you go, eh, it's kind of tough to tell. I mean, that second half, they went on like a 17 or 18-0 run, and it was like layup, dunk, layup, dunk. And it's like, okay, yeah. I want to see the offense run. I want to see who's doing what. But Yuri Collins is a very good player. And some of the guys, the new faces, Nesbitt is a freshman that transferred from Memphis. He's back home here in St. Louis. That dude's going to be a stud. So I like it. It just we'll see how it all comes together this year. You've got three hours coming up. What do you have? We do indeed. So coming up, we'll begin with the blues. We're going to talk to Jesse Rogers of ESPN.com coming up at 1130. And we will get into the Cardinals comments from yesterday with John Mozeliak and Michael Gersh on the shortstop position. Are you buying it? Are you believing that they're really not in on this market? So we'll get into that coming up at 1115. All right. Looking forward to it. Tanner, great job as always. BK, see you tomorrow. I'll be with uh, Randy and Michelle tomorrow at 7 here on 101 ESPN. But mostly, I'll remember the feeling I had every time I put on the Cardinal jersey. Gratitude. I love you, St. Louis. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.